0: And speaking of sunshine with me today is Al Back. Good morning, Al.
1: Hey, good morning, Karen. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, uh, you know, I just, I got a thing from uh, a couple of places that are offering me free pie today. If <gasps> I only show up at their eatery, but I, I won't be able to make either one. So I just, uh, it's kind of a sad day when there's a uh, free pie. It's, uh, it's like a pie on a stick in place of a carrot. and and I grew up where I had pie every single day. It was uh, cow pie for oh. the most part because I would step in it somehow sooner or later during yeah. the day. So, but my mom made uh, the world's you know everybody's mom. Well, I shouldn't say everybody's mom because I have a friend who says his mom was like the worst cook on earth. But <laughs> my mom was one of the greatest cooks on earth. She just uh, she was one of those. Uh, of that gen- generation of humble uh, bakers and cooks that just said, oh, it wasn't my best, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I tried something different, and it was all just exquisite. But her pies, oh, man, and that pie crust that you'd get with a little cinnamon and sugar on it while she was making it, yes. oh, it was just
0: now my mom made the best pie crust. I love hers, but my husband Jeff now he's had to adapt and make gluten-free pie crust. But they he's actually done it so they're nice and not tough because some of them can be or or crinkly. So we we've got it down now. And then he always makes the extra dough and makes them in those little cinnamon rolls and and cooks them. And then then that's my favorite part.
1: Oh yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is great. While well, we're still in March, named for the Roman god of war, Mars, and March brings the vernal equinox and daylight saving time. Uh, December 1st, you know, is the start of meteorological winter, which makes March 1st the start of meteorological spring. June 1st introduces summer, and September 1st brings fall. And some may think that spring is right around the snowbank it's just around the next snowstorm but i've seen signs of spring Uh, i had a large flock of quiet male redwing blackbirds landed in my yard on march first and then they continued their migration north so if you hear a lot of singing and defending of territories by male redwings those are resident birds that have returned a large flock, this large flock of red-winged blackbirds that hit my yard on March 1st, the first day of meteorological spring, they were migrant adult males. And they stopped here on their way to territories farther north. They didn't exhibit any territorial behavior. They didn't sing. They didn't fight. It was just They were just eating and enjoying one another's company. So when we get the Red Wings returning to their territory, they defend it vigorously and they sing, look at me with gusto from Purchase. And then next to arrive are the females on their way north and then the immature males. The resident adult females, they watch the weather reports and then they show up later. Another sign of spring, my wife has been feeding her peeps habit. <laughs> She, she prefers the Peeps candy confections made of soft marshmallow rolled and colored sugar and either yellow, pink, blue, lavender, or green and shaped like baby chickens. Uh, I don't eat them, but I'm fond of saying, oh, for Peeps' sake. So Does she I, like I'll
0: them be... for real? She likes them?
1: She loves Peeps, and <laughs> I'm Oh, I. i not going to say anything bad about it. All I'm going to say is I just don't eat them. Again, all I... My only involvement with them is I do uh, uh, I buy her some on occasion Aww. and then each time I do I say "Oh for peeps sake and the cashier just looks at me oddly and or rolls I, their it, eyes right yeah I can uh, I can hear them the um, young <laughs> uh, folks rolling their eyes on occasion so
0: speaking of peeps have you uh, you've gone to some of the local farm type stores they have uh, those water tanks full of the the little peepers the little chicks and stuff and i just i went in a store and i just was mesmerized by all the different types of little chicks there are yellow chicks brown chicks and they some they call blue chicks and and so it's kind of fun if you want to take your kids out without having to you know go to a petting zoo or something just go there and, and look at the little peeps they had some little baby i don't know geese too perhaps or uh, just a, a nice selection of little little things
1: we used to get them at the uh at the post office here. I'd go in to get the mail, and you'd hear all that peeping, and you could tell it was that time of year where a lot of folks had ordered their baby chicks. They came through the post office, and they'd come in there and pick them up, and it was a neat sound, although I bet the postmaster was just so happy (laughs) when they were all picked up and get them out of there, because it was a lot of peeping, and there's nothing cuter. I was just cleaning out a shed, and folks that you, you live out in the country, you have sheds, so you understand this. It's a perpetual cleaning thing where you just, there's always stuff in there. You throw stuff in there, say, I'll deal with it later. Then 20 years later, you're out there saying, <laughs> well, why did I keep this? So there were uh, brooder lamps in there and feeders for baby chicks. We've raised baby chicks for years with incubators. There's very few things cuter than a baby chicks under those brooder lamps because they're like us when we were in school. I know some of you still are. <laughs> right after you eat lunch, you go to that first period, and maybe it's around this time of year, so they got the heaters going in there, and you're sitting next to one of those radiators or heaters so it's hot. And your head just keeps bobbing up and down. You just want to fall down the floor and sleep. Well, these baby chicks get under those brooder lamps, and all of a sudden they just kind of wobble around a little bit, and then they plop. They just fall asleep (laughs) until another one comes and steps on their head and wakes them up. But which didn't happen in school at. to my memory anyway, but it's it's fun watching those.
0: But you can get a little one of those little chicks for as little as a dollar sixty nine each, and I thought, oh, they're so cute, but then they grow up into be big chickens, and they're not as cute.
1: Yeah, and then you have to check with the city to make sure you're allowed to have chickens.
0: Right. And uh, gotcha.
1: I know a lot of them are real. You want to make sure it's not a rooster, because I think some of the ordinance say you can have chickens, but we don't want you to have a rooster. Because they crow. Right. All and they crow. Somebody, uh, it, we always think, well, they crow to wake you up in the morning. No, they crow all the time. <laughs> Ours would crow in the middle of the night, especially if there's a full moon or something. They'd see that light, and they'd start crowing. We had a tree fall down. And that allowed the light from the yard light or the security light in the yard to shine into our little hen house. Well, that kept the roosters <laughs> they. They would I don't know what they did if they woke up every half hour and then they'd crow. And we always kept we always kept one rooster in the flock and then we always seemed to have a second one cuz it would surprise us. We thought it was a hen and all of a sudden it was a rooster. So and then we didn't have the heart to get rid of it of course.
0: So I have a uh, uh a listener who said this was last week when you were weren't here but they wanted to mention the first sign of spring for them. He says kid here, seeing my first Sandhill Cranes by Eagle Lake this morning, please let Al know. So I guess is that a sign of the, the spring when they start seeing those?
1: It definitely is. And I have seen I've seen a grand total of one. Oh. And I, I, I don't know why it was just one but I've seen one here. But I've heard from uh, uh, folks that have been seeing them and it is certainly a sign of that. Uh, who was it? Uh, Craig Zimprick? saw one in, uh, oh, what county was that? In Waseca County, Craig saw one. And Brian Smith saw one in Nicollet County. So there are sandhill cranes. uh, Oh, and Dave Bartke, uh, got a note here from Dave, said he saw one in Steele County. And Craig Zimprick also saw one in uh, LeSueur County. Stephen Hudek saw one in Sibley County, so a lot of folks see sandhill cranes, and that is a really a neat thing to see. Uh, spring comes early to the southern side of buildings, so if you know, check that southern side. It it makes quite a little difference if you move from the north side to the south side of a building, as far as when spring arrives. I watched a chickadee and a downy woodpecker peck holes into goldenrod gulls on a prairie, and they extracted the insect larvae from within. Prairie is such a neat word. It comes from the French word for meadow. And among the noble citizens of the backyard here, the squirrels have been stripping bark from maple trees. Mm. They use the bark and the buds as food, and I think they use some of that bark in their nests. Red osier dogwood is looking a bright red, giving it the nickname of the veins of spring. Weeping willows have that golden yellow glow that seems to grow brighter by the day. Short-tailed weasels, if you see one, they're turning from that white winter coat of ermines, ermines to the brown summer coat of weasels. Woodchucks are out walking around. I've seen quite a few kestrels in March. This tiny falcon's about the size of a blue jay. And I was dashing through the slush on a uh, 50-mile drive. I saw three red-tailed hawks on different large green signs showing mileage to cities. Another sign hosted an American kestrel, and I, yet another sign had two crows perched on it. And crows like to keep track of things, and they had likely found a menu, the item to their liking, at a road roadkill cafe. Well, anyway, I tossed out scratch grain for the blackbirds. And that joyful task brought two quotes to mind, if you can hear the birds singing here in the right place, by Benny uh, Bella Messina. <laughs> And I don't feed the birds because they need me. I feed the birds because I need them by Kathy Hutton. So they are uh, they are great company. As I said, these blackbirds were making very little noise. They were intent on just getting fueled up and hitting the road. We see all those kind of guys at gas stations where they just, boom, get the gas and just peel out of there. Look for uh, some shed antlers. Because white-tailed deer bucks shed their antlers in December to mid-March. Stress caused by deep snow, severe cold, or hunger could rush the problem. Edges of fields where the deer feed along well-traveled trails and the southern exposures of bedding areas are good places to look for dropped antlers. The white-tail rut or breeding season runs from early October to late December. And May is the month when the most fawns are born. Chad Hines said, with a turn of the calendar, we start a new season of counting raptors in the Minnesota River Valley. Jim and Marty started the spring count at Land of Memories and had a nice first day total. In the spring, the counters are typically stationed further north in the campground on the west side of the main road. Most counting occurs in the morning. Uh, Marion Ball of Faribault said, she sent me a little thing, she said, the starlings, she doesn't usually get many of them in the winter, but she's had them this winter, and I told her it's because I have all her starlings. <laughs> she, uh, sent a, a full poem by Mary Oliver, but I'll just mention a, a little bit of it. It says, chunky and noisy, but with stars and their black feathers, they spring from the telephone wire, and instantly they are acrobats in the freezing wind. And now in the theater of air, they swing over buildings, and uh, yeah, they're fun to watch. Oh, Roger, Uh, Roger, your last name is spelled B-J-O-R-T-O-M-T, and I'll bet you knew that, and then you have Beardham in uh, parentheses. So Roger, I'm going to take a stab and say I'll bet it's Roger Beardham, Uh, had a sent me a game camera pic of turkeys attacking his bird feeders. So Roger, oh. great to hear from you, and I hope I, I'm pretty sure I got Roger right, and I hope I didn't butcher your last name too badly. Uh, Ken Spellman of Albert Lee said, we have had just about everything in the family home backyard to feed at the feeders, and that includes all kinds of birds, hawks, eagles, possums, bees, wasps, rabbits, and wild turkeys. This one is for the books. I get up at 4 a.m. This morning I looked out the back window and there were six deers feeding at the bird feeders. Yeah, they get the. Uh, they are uh, feeder animals and I have one that uh, comes, one with a bad uh, foot comes in and feeds at my bird feeders each day. Uh, Micah says, good day Al, I regret to inform you someone you know has become possessed by owls said symptoms if the first if your first thought was who you have the early stages of possession and can be saved with proper treatment if you or someone you know vocalized who sorry to say it's hopeless get ready for a life of eating crow and Mike adds advice if it's a bear market invest in salmon I think it's, yeah, (laughs) that makes sense there. Thank you, Micah. That was funny. Uh, Dave Barkey saw a tundra swan in uh, Steele County. Uh, Steve Hudeck saw a northern harrier in Sibley County. Brian Smith spotted a Cooper's hawk in Brown County. Bob Williams saw a merlin in Le County. Oh, I love merlins. They are such feisty little birds. Uh, Craig Zimprick also saw a merlin. It was in LeSueur County where he also spotted an eastern screech owl. A, how, a listener asked, how can I tell male tell a male red-tailed hawk from a female? If you see a hawk laying an egg, that's a female. That's the, uh, <laughs> the surest way to do it. It's the same with blue jays, which everyone lays eggs, that's a female. The plumage color and pattern of a red-tailed hawk, it's highly variable, but male and female red-tailed hawks are similar in appearance, as is the case with most birds of prey. The females are larger, and it's uh, called reverse sexual dimorphism, and there's several theories why that's the case. The female's larger size protects them from aggressive males, Another hypothesis proposes that the size difference allows the two sexes to hunt different prey and thus reduce competition for food. So he's hunting smaller prey than she is. A third plausible reason is that the females need to be larger because they must accumulate reserves to produce eggs. And a female usually spends more time incubating the eggs. So it helps that she's bigger because uh, uh, she also spends more time rearing the chicks than her partner. If she's bigger, she might be able to protect her young more effectively. Well,
0: so, and, so here's the deal. So she's already taking care of the kids, and then she's expected to go out and get the bigger prey as well? That doesn't seem fair. It seems like she's getting the brunt of the, everything
1: this is where a a male would probably say well it seems okay with me but yeah <laughs> she she certainly does get the, the, the she doesn't get the easy part of the whole deal you know <laughs> she has to incubate much more often yeah. and i would think for that would be and i know hawks spend a lot of their time perching but i'm sure they like being out there zooming through the air cuz what's the point of being able to fly if you don't get to do a lot <laughs> of it so yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, she has a rough job, and she's probably paid a little bit less, too, Karen. <laughs> right. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I would guess. You know, not all red-tailed hawks have red tails. Adults typically have red feathers on their tails, so if you see a bird with a red tail, a hawk, it's pretty much a red-tail, but juvenile tails are darker brown, and the younger birds molt into, and again, I'll, Adults typically have red feathers because there's always some exceptions. But the younger birds, they molt into adult plumage, including the red-tail, at the beginning of their second year. And the red-tailed hawk has a loud, high-pitched, raspy scream. It's often heard in films, TV shows, and commercials as the call of eagles or turkey vultures and and other raptors. Now vultures have been kind of lumped with raptors. They're not really a raptor, but you see them in a lot of movies, and uh, they're up there, and they're some guy's crossing the desert. He's on his last legs, and you see the vultures up there, and all of a sudden they're making the call of the red red hawk. Why do they do that? Uh, because it sounds more majestic than that of other raptors. Uh, they just have. Eagles are such beautiful birds, but they're called, I don't know, the red-tailed hawk just has that cool kind of whistled-like scream that just seems like it belongs on a big, majestic bird. Do hibernating animals age? My husband says he takes naps because (laughs) it prevents aging. Yeah i might know your husband i think uh hibernation does not stop aging i'm sorry uh, I, I apologize to him for letting the cat out of the bag but scientists have learned it may delay the effects of aging slightly and thereby slow aging so he's still got that going for him he can uh, he can still have reason for those naps but yeah, scientists studied like uh, bears, which uh, many will argue are not true hibernators, but they come close. Do they stop aging? Is that do they get that period where they hibernate over again? Uh, they, it doesn't stop aging. What are baby groundhogs called? Uh, young groundhogs are called kits, pups, or sometimes chucklings. <laughs> I'm still chuckling about that last (laughs) one. Why wouldn't they be called chucklings? That's beautiful. I feed the the birds and pheasants in my backyard. So I've been throwing out some whole corn. Why does a squirrel eat only the white tip of a kernel of corn, and why does it hang upside down from my feeder? (laughs) I, I see them doing that acrobatic stunt at my feeders, too, and mine... They hang by their back feet because that frees their front paws to hold food while it eats. So it takes a, a, a sunflower seed, and it hangs by its back feet and eats the sunflower seed and then grabs another seed. and So it works out pretty good. Apparently the blood doesn't all run to their head like it does with us. Squirrels eat only the nutrient dense heart or germ of a kernel of corn. So if you look at a kernel of corn, a field corn will be kind of yellow on the big end and white at the pointed end. And then they, they eat this germ or kernel of a kernel of corn, and then they cast aside the rest for other hungry creatures. And the germ has a moderate concentration of lipids, oils and fats, and a variety of proteins that are used during seedling growth. The rest of the kernel is mostly starch, which apparently the squirrel either doesn't need or doesn't want, so it tosses it aside.
0: That seemed like a waste of food, and your mother would say, clean your plate.
1: That's Yeah, it's right, and I I watch here, and we get a lot of pheasants come in. Uh, it's been kind of a tough winter for pheasants, but I think every winter is. And they come in, and they eat all those kernels that are missing that germ part so they eat it and i'm sure some other birds do as well and possum i'm sure would and rabbit and so the squirrel it doesn't go to waste it's just this is watch the little squirrel you yell at them you say oh you finish that kernel and of course they're not going to do that then (laughs) will they eat them once in a while i'm sure they do uh, just got a text from somebody said, what were the quills for writing made of? I just saw a movie where they were using quills. Yeah, a quill is the hollow stem of a bird's feather, I guess is the easiest way to describe it. And it's used as, a, well, it still is used as a writing instrument. It was the writing instrument of its time, but there's still there's still aficionados that do this. Goose feathers were the principal source of quills, but quill pens were also made from the feathers of swans, crows, eagles, owls, hawks, and turkeys. I don't know if it was made, I've never read or heard anything that it was made from chicken feathers, but from turkey feathers. The best feathers for making a quill are the first five flight feathers, so those are the primaries. Thomas Jefferson, who was the third president of this country, was a prolific writer, and he raised geese uh, to supply feathers for his quill pens. So it was, uh, you never think of people raising geese for ink pens, but he did. And uh, so, like I say, there's still, I I was at, oh, who knows where I was at, but I saw (laughs) a quill pen for sale. I'm guessing it was a, I don't know that it, it looked like a real feather, but it might not have been. It might have been some sort of manufactured thing. And I'm sure it was in a museum of some kind somewhere. But they had quill pens for sale. But boy, you'd have to scratch a little bit, and then you'd dip it in that ink bottle or ink well, and then you scratch a little bit more, and then you have to use a blotter. And oh, my goodness, it makes quite a, in this time where we want everything uh, pretty much done immediately, um, it might be a good thing. It would I'm, slow us down, certainly.
0: I'm glad they invented ballpoint pens where they just it comes out and you just do it. And then when it when it starts to stop, that's when you get mad. Then.
1: I remember we had the Bic, where they called crystals. Uh, the they still have them. The ones that you can see the ink through the Bic pen. And we'd have them in school, and of course you bite off that little tip on the opposite end of the, the writing part, and then sooner or later the ink would come rushing out. You'd end up with blue lips or black lips or whatever color ink you had there. And uh, but they were they were good pens, but oh, we were hard on them. And uh, I remember uh, Norman, who sat he was uh, we shared a classroom, two grades. He was a grade behind me. He discovered pretty quickly, if you pulled all the innards out of one of those big crystals, they, they made really good pea shooters for, like, <laughs> shooting spitwads and things around. So Norman was a fine fella, but he was always in uh, some sort of trouble in class, just for, oh you know, whistling during class or not behaving or something like that. But he wasn't uh, mean-spirited or anything, so I enjoyed his company because... He was always interesting. He was up to something over there.
0: I was just curious, do you know what he ever ended up to be as a grown-up? Because I always wonder, you know, the troublemakers, what did do, what do they do? Was yeah. he in jail or anything?
1: He was a uh, bar manager. Oh, so. okay. And he was a good guy. Yeah. So. Uh, my last question I have, I found a deer shed that had been chewed by something. What does that? Antlers are a rich source of calcium and other minerals and nutrients, so the antlers are recycled to build strong bones and teeth for many mammals. Oh, gosh, mice, squirrels, voles, raccoons, chipmunks, porcupines, dogs, possums, foxes, rabbits, coyotes, otters, beavers, bears, wolves. I'm probably missing some. All those have been observed gnawing on deer sheds. Some animals might also gnaw on the sheds to wear down their continuously growing teeth. I suspect groundhogs also gnaw on uh, deer sheds, as I've I've had them chew on the shed where I store the lawnmower. So I guess if they could chew on a shed that size, they would certainly chew on a deer shed. Hey, uh, thanks thanks for sitting on the front porch with us you know charles dickens he wrote a lot of stuff but one of the things he wrote <clears throat> he said it was uh one of those march days when the sun shines hot and the wind blows cold when it is summer in the light and winter in the shade uh charlie must live in my neighborhood because boy that's pretty much how it is here The road can get bumpy, whether it's real or metaphorical. The night had provided a certain yuckiness. You all know that yuckiness when you're driving along. You say, well, now, what is that snow? Is that fog? Is that rain? What is that drizzle? The fog was bad enough that I had to feel my way home, and I met a couple of cars with headlights so bright they could have peeled the skin from an elephant. I should have been wearing a welding helmet. I'm glad the drivers could see well in the dark and far into the next dimension, but they're blinding the world one driver at a time. And when this happens, I'm told two things. I should have a clean windshield. Well, it's hard to have a clean windshield when you're driving along, but I, I understand that and i should blink more often and I was blinking more than any wind turbine was spinning. My eyelids got enough exercise. They have become as muscular as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Karen, I enjoyed your company, and I appreciate you and KMSU.
0: Hey, thanks, Al. We'll chat with you next week. Have a great rest of your week. And, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Al. Al's birthday is coming up on Thursday, correct?
1: Saint Urho's Day. Yeah. 16th. yeah. So. Every year now my wife tells me. I who knew? <laughs> it was just
0: Who is Saint Urho, by the way?
1: Saint Urho, he was a patron saint of the Finnish people that apparently drove the grasshoppers out of Finland. I don't know that Finland knows that <laughs> but uh it was a thing started, I believe, here in Minnesota. And they wanted to do it the day before the Irish had St. Patrick's Day. So it sounds like it's a Minnesota thing. But <laughs> if you get up to, oh, gosh, is it Monaga? Somewhere up north you'll see a uh, a large statue of St. Urho with a pitchfork with a grasshopper on it, a gigantic grasshopper.
0: Well, have a great day, and we hope you maybe have a little pie, leftover pie, for your birthday when it comes.
1: Pie would be wonderful. Thank, right. you, Thank you, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.